Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Cultivate Seed Me Relapse Edition episodic audiobook where I, Con Lavery, read to you books that I wrote, narrated, and did the improv music for. So it's kind of a catch of all three, juggling various crafts of interest of mine, which is uh, often known as transmedia storytelling. I go on all about that on my Patreon. You can check that one out too. Now, if you haven't been following the series, you might want to catch episode one to get caught up. Otherwise, you'll be a little disconnected. Or don't. It's up to you. You can do what you want. You're your own individual. So from episode one, two, and three, Logan just keeps seeing weirder and weirder connections regarding the 420 drain case where his ex-girlfriend was killed, and it's going to send him back down that rabbit hole where his friends pulled him out of. He can't help it. The guy's stuck. So let's find out what happens in the next episode. Chapter 4. Wild Dogs. Gig time. It's been a week since Skip and I went to the Empress Ale House. My band and I are at the Aging Gorilla. It's a hell of a great venue for us to play at. The music blares in all directions with pretty good acoustics. The room is moody with dim neon lights and there's a good crowd so far. This is no doubt a prog rock band gathering. It's so clear from the skinny jeans, skirts, torn t-shirts with witty screen prints, tank tops, and flannel shirts. Drinks are plenty, loosening them up before we hit the stage. Prepping to play throughout the week kept me busy. When I was with the band, it distracted me about the Vicky lookalike weirdo and the old man from the farmer's market. The bizarreness crept its way into my mind when I was alone. Having no one to bounce ideas off of has given my mind free reign to torment me about last weekend. Throughout the week, I tried to follow the news about the truck and Vicky's corpse. There hadn't been a lot of additional coverage since the discovery of her body. Ever since Emily's shrouded death, I've started questioning everything. Which doesn't help my fixation on weirdo. Now, I'm not the one to believe in fairy tales or conspiracy theories, but... When you live through some unexplainable events, you find yourself questioning the world around you a little more. I have a gut feeling that this Vicky gal will be like the other drain victims. A cold case. It's frustrating. Maybe the drain cases are a waste of my time, and I need to get over it. I've gotta try and get past what happened to Emily. Like how my wrist had scabbed over, slowly being forgotten in time. Skip is right. It was just a strange coincidence. No more connecting clues. I've got a show to play at the hippest bar just off White Ave. Well, Skip and I theorize the aging gorilla will follow the classic bar life cycle in Edmonton. Basically, a bar opens. It's trendy for a few months. People forget about it. Then it shuts down and reopens with a new name. We've been around the bar scene long enough to know that they end up closing for one reason or another. It's just a matter of when. For this one... We believe the cause of death will be poor management and high staff turnover. Seb has been trying to book us a show here practically since the place opened up, and it has taken four months to get this gig. They've barely done any promotion, hadn't put up posters, and were relying on the bands to hawk advance tickets. We've done our part, at least, selling the entire stack they'd given us. Our opener is another band of cool dudes, tight detonation. They're rocking out on stage as I wait for my drink letting the music take me. I admire their lead guitarist's choice of pedal combos. It creates a unique lower EQ hum while covering the higher frequencies, letting the rhythm guitar take the middle range. Nice. 
The bartender gives a couple their change. My turn next. And they book it. Not even tipping. I'm appalled. Who doesn't tip the person providing them with their beverages or food? Not only do they make terrible wages as it is, they... Okay, that's enough mind babble. Come on, booze. It works me up because I know what it's like to live on next to no cash. Busting your ass for corporate slime that doesn't appreciate the work you put in. Bosses who boot your ass to the curb, or sorry, let you go because you don't fit the culture. It's bullshit. Here's the mind chatter. Pure political bullshit. I did my work. I just needed a bump every now and then to keep going. Skip would agree. On the contrary, it's got to make a man wonder. If everyone in your life, both professionally and personally, says you're a lazy deadbeat, except for your deadbeat friend, what does that make you? Seb, our drummer, appears beside me at the bar. He slams his drink into mine with a loud clank, freeing me from my spiral reflections. He's a classic bald buff dude, looking like Mr. Clean, and he is. No drugs for Seb. Cheers, bro, Seb says. I swear to God, a good third of the crowd here is from our sales, our fans. We know how to bring the crowd, I say. Right? Seems like there's new faces I haven't seen around. Maybe we can get them to show us some love. He chauvinistically jerks his hand. Totally. Sup, guys, Skip says, coming back from a smoke. His mohawk is fully gelled, ready to take the front of the stage. Yo, Seb says. Look, I think tight detonation set is about done. I'm going to make sure we've got everything ready. Sure, man, I say. I'll be there shortly. Seb downs his bottle and heads for the crowd. His large size and confident stride makes everyone willfully get out of his way to the back of the stage. There goes Seb, off to micromanage everything, Skip says. Yeah, he swapped one addiction out for the other. Party supplies are way better. That guy needs to chill out. He does this every time we play a show. Skip mimics Seb tweaking knobs by twisting his wrists and squinting. He deepens his voice, mimicking Seb. No, guys. It's gotta compliment the room acoustics. The guy is a perfectionist. But to be fair, us three can't manage a band. Yeah, but it's still hilarious. Skip swats my arm. Guess who's coming out tonight? Let me guess. Janet? Bingo. It wasn't hard to speculate. The two have been texting each other all week. Skip always falls hard for girls when he first plows them and forgets about them just as quickly. Radman, I say, you don't think the year gap is an issue? Pfft, come on, we're both adults. She's fascinated with my rocker lifestyle, and you have to admit, she's a babe. You're right there. Not looking for a real girlfriend yet? Why would I bother with that? You need to stop being so serious with life. We only live once. After last weekend, I don't think I want to bother. Still shaking up? It's fucked up, man. Did I tell you about the guy in the farmer's market too? Skip shrugs. Get this. So the Vicky lookalike from last week had this weird plant design all over her coat. I took note of it. Skip raises his eyebrow. I don't think he's buying it. Why am I telling him? Too late now. I'm going to tell him my crackpot theory about how it ties into Emily's death. Then, this old guy selling seeds at the farmer's market was wearing a leather coat, just like the chick at the pub. That's not the weird part. He had the same plant design tattooed on his neck. Okay? It got weird when I tried to ask him where he got it. He got defensive, like he didn't want to talk about it. Logan, when was the last time you got laid? 
Seriously, man. Or, you sure you didn't just make out with some old guy at the Empress? Same black coat? <laughs> Great. This was a mistake. I fold my arms as Skip pats my shoulder. I'm sorry, Logan. This is just too funny for me. Let this shit go. It was a weird night. I down the rest of my beer, knowing that I should shut up about last week and bury it as I should do to Emily's ghost. Skip always stays practical. If there's anything slightly out of the ordinary, he transforms into a jester, full of all the jokes. My misery is freed as Tight Detonation finishes with a grand drum solo and the crowd cheering. We're up next. Skip says, Let's do this. Seb is backstage, as we expected when Skip and I arrive. This is an average band routine for us. The excitement of setting up loses its appeal, but playing never gets old. You get to lose yourself in the moment strumming the guitar and sonically sync with the rhythm on the crowd. I love it. It's the only thing that stops the mind chatter. Grab the amps, Sev orders as both bands move in and off the stage. I take my bass amp while Skip grabs the guitar amp. The guys from Tight Detonation get the rest of their gear off stage. The vocalist, Alex, nods at us. It's an easy crowd, man. Jake, our guitarist, shows up in his classic metalhead outfit. Slipknot shirt and torn jeans, to help finish setting up. He looks like a church-burning Norwegian black metal artist, but he is a pretty down-to-earth guy. Not to mention, smart as hell. Total bookworm. We're pretty much done while the crowd is still out having a smoke break. Skip says, I'm gonna grab another drink. Anyone want one? Yeah, Jake says. Voices scratchy as Skip's from smoking. Yes, everyone in the band smokes. My stomach gurgles. Damn, I want another beer. Something I ate didn't sit well today. Too many TV dinners. Skip hurries off stage as we only have a couple of minutes before the crowd returns. Seb sits behind his drum kit, hitting the kick pedal a couple of times and mastering a short roll. He fidgets a little more, making eye contact with a sound engineer facing the stage with the mixing board. Seb gives the sound guy the thumbs up as Skip returns, handing all of us a drink. Let's rock the shit out of this place! Skip says, taking his guitar and going to the mic. Just in time, too, the crowd arrives. I take a swig of beer, hoping the drink will suppress whatever is going on down there. Seb starts with a drum intro, followed by Jake's guitar riff. I pick up the bass line, and we stroll into our first track, an oldie, something that the crowd will recognize to ease them into the newer material. Before we know it, more people come back from smoking. There are probably several dozen people at the front of the stage bobbing their heads along to the tricky rock drumming, thick bass riffs, psychedelic guitar solos, and skips raunchy vocals with lyrics dedicated to life, death, and philosophical ideas. That might come as a surprise to you, but Skip wrote all the lyrics. Song after song, we play until our set is done. The crowd is into it, cheering us to play more. Time is a blur as we egg the crowd on with a half intro to another. They keep cheering. We play a few more tracks, and then our set is done before we know it. The crowd continues to chant as our last song ends, but it's well past 11, and the bar likes to have things nicely wrapped up for the headliner. Thank you, stay free, Skip shouts. Woohoo, clap, clap, clap. Well done, lads, Skip says as we hurry to get our equipment off stage. Yeah, rock on, Jake says. Seb loads the last of his drum kit offset and nods at me. Smoke? Totally, I say. We leave Skip and Jake to take care of the rest of the gear. 
Most of the crowd hasn't moved from the stage, chatting and drinking, loosened up from a night of rocking. Seb splits the crowded sea like Moses in a hurry. He's faster than me. I'm guessing he's stressed, and it has something to do with the show. Seb may keep his alcohol and drug intake low, but he smokes like a chimney and his OCD makes up for it. Shit, Seb is way too fast. I try to squeeze between two dudes to get to him and bump into the larger of the two. He's pale, wearing all black, and fashions his hair in a ponytail. The grizzled face beams down at me with dark eyes. Sorry, man. I stop talking, noticing the leaf stem tattoo design running up from his neck, along with his ear and disappearing under his hair. The designs are highlighted in the light from scarification. No way. Hey! comes a nasally valley girl voice behind me. A soft hand glides against my upper arm and down to my elbow. It's Janet, smiling with purple lipstick. She brushes her dreadlocks to one side, showcasing her bare shoulder and emphasized clavicles. She's in another no-strap dress, this time with fishnets, showing far more skin than last week. Her arrival is almost making me forget about Big and Burly beside me. You guys played an awesome show, Janet says, jumping. Big and Burly. Right. He's already moved on. I see him. His black hood is up now, heading for the back entrance to the bar. Janet keeps talking. You can really play bass. Yeah, I say. You okay? Looks like you saw a ghost. I'm cool. Thanks. Just need a smoke. I put my hand on her bare back, moving her aside to catch up with Seb, whom I'm forgetting about. Rightfully so, as big and burly is giving me the creeps. I want to follow him out back and I imagine myself saying something like, You following me? What does that tattoo mean? Do you work with that old guy from the farmer's market? Do you know Vicky Smith? But I don't. I'm being paranoid. I gotta drop it. Down the stairs and outside, Seb is by the street curb, watching the cars buzz by. Good show, hey Seb? I say, lighting a smoke. Eh, it was a fine turnout. As usual, it was us who brought the crowd. Not those other pissheads. I thought you were glad about that. I am glad. For us kicking ass. Pre-show amp up. But just once, I'd like to see a band put in as much effort as us to get a crowd. That's why we're going to the top. Yes, supposedly. I don't know. The four of us can't get our shit together for the next album. One album. That's all we've put together for the past four years. This isn't how the music industry works anymore. You gotta crank out singles and put them online so people start talking about it. True, true. Solo producers are killing it that way. Christ, I've thought about going solo. I like Jake and Skip, but they need to get their egos in check. Like I've told them before, and I'll tell them again. We need dance tracks. The crowd will double. Ah, <sighs> Seb sighs. Anyway, we'll deal with it later. At least we played a good show. We did. It's a victory. Seb points at Alex, the vocalist of Tight Detonation, who's talking with a couple of gals. These chicks are giddy. You'd think they were meeting Mick Jagger or something. Seb says, Let me catch up with this chump and why he didn't move more tickets. Good luck, I say. Blah, 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 blah. Damn it. Seb storms off. There's way too much energy in that guy. I puff on my smoke, wandering around the side of the building, thinking about Big and Burly. His tattoos... Maybe there's more to the Vicky lookalike weirdo than I thought. I'm curious to see if the guy is out back. Around the corner, the alley has a few stragglers standing around, smoking in small groups. Look at that. Big and Burly is about a block away. He's behind a group of dudes with their pants half down. 
That's a stupid outfit. I'd run after Big and Burly right now, but these guys distract me. They're standing off to the side as their bro, buffed as hell, yells at a brunette. He's flailing his arms up, shouting about something. She's frantically looking around as these guys laugh. Yo, Logan, Jake's crackly voice comes. Dude, Skip and I are gonna join Alex for an after party. Alex is bringing those fine ladies he's been chatting with. Big and Burly is a blip in the distance. I won't catch him. Even if I did, then what? Bro and the brunette have my attention now because this looks like a delicate situation. The girl's eyes slant back. Fear. I say, you sure isn't going to be one of those shitty after parties that turns into a sausage fest of cokeheads? Nah, man. The girls are in. Alex has party supplies and it's already started. You in? Why not? Find me when you're ready. I say, flicking the cigarette butt. That gal needs help. None of these other self-indulgent shitheads seem to want to do anything. I'm willing to put this mysterious big and burly aside to help her. Whatever. People suck. Jake says something and I don't catch it as I storm up to the group. My arrival is met with silence while their bro keeps shouting. The girl's eyes are watering now, like she's about to cry. You fucking think you can ignore me? He says, slurring the vowels. Hey, Kelly, I say. You coming to the after party? My heart thuds. I'm unsure what I'm doing, but I'm in the thick of it now. Blah, 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 blah. Thump, thump. I've got a real orchestral going on with my organs. Bro flares his nostrils, looking over at me. Hate burning in his eyes. Piss off. No fucking Kelly here. Kelly? I ask again. Uh... The girl clears her throat. <clears> throat. Hey! Bro points at me. You two know each other? Yeah, of course. We work together... She's struggling. I say. This summer, maintaining rich assholes lawns. She smiles. Totally. We know each other well. I think I will go to that after... Bro cuts her off, storming to me. Hey, pissed. How about you go to your circle jerk party on your own? He's about a meter from me, and I can tell the reek breath of alcohol and cigarettes. He's about half a head taller and twice as wide, easily able to kick my ass. Still, I'm not leaving this chick to fend for herself, unlike everyone else. How about you let the lady decide? I ask. Thump, thump, thump. Oh, break your face, you little prick. The man shouts, now half a meter away. I don't say anything. We're two dogs sizing each other up before entering a fatal fight. It's the male stare down that we do when we're showing our dominance. All animals do it. Humans are no different. Ex-cokeheads do it. I know this game all too well. Hey, Jake shouts. Bro and I do not break eye contact as his crew takes a few steps closer to us, hands in their pockets. I can only presume that they have actual weapons in those baggy hoodies and jackets. Logan! Jake shouts, hurrying up and snagging my arm, pulling me back. Look, it's cool, we don't want to start shit. Bro sways slightly, looking back at the brunette, then at me. Yo, Drew, calls one of the tall, gangly guys in his crew. Cut it out. Yeah, fuck her, says another. We don't need that bitch slowing us down. Sean is in the river valley already. Bro, or Drew, lets out a big ol' spitball that lands in front of my sneakers. Faggots. He storms over to his crew and they put an arm around him, heading down the dark alley.
Jake backhands my arm. The fuck was that about, man? Click, 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 goes the brunette's heels before I can reply. She says, oh my god, thank you, that guy is a real asshole. You're welcome, I say. You look like you were in distress. Yeah, that's why you don't go back to your fucking ex, Jake says. My man, the hero. Look, we're heading over to the after party. You want in? It's the talk of the night, I say. She shakes her head. No, I'm fine. I'm going home. Seriously, thank you. Don't mention it, I say. The girl gives me a hug, whether I want it or not. So I pat her on the back, getting a whiff of her tangy perfume. You going to be all right? I ask. The girl brushes her hair behind her ear. Yeah, I might catch a cab. She hugs her arms, looking to the ground. Jake kicks my foot, using his eyes to point at the girl. I know he's thinking the same thing this girl is thinking. I don't want it. A couple of seconds go by before the girl says, Night. Good show, by the way. Click, 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 click. There she goes, heading for the main street. Jake slaps the back of my head. Again? What the fuck was that about? I have to save your ass and you didn't even get her number? Just saw she needed some help. No one else was willing to do anything. Your boredom is getting you into trouble, Jake says. I wasn't trying to be the hero or looking to get laid. Sometimes people just want to do good things for others. It's what I would want people to do for me, like a give and take. Uh-huh. It has nothing to do with your own guilt about Emily. Low blow. The words drag my heart down. Look, I know you're still sensitive about it, but if I hadn't come out here to help you, those guys would have kicked your ass. And you're not the lone hero saving the day type of guy. You've changed since Emily, man. I shamefully put my hands in my pocket. Jake is right, like Skip. My lack of job, motivation, and Emily has turned me into a stray animal trying to find its place. What a fool I am. I don't think I even believe in my explanation for helping the girl. I'm usually way more passive than this. Perhaps I am trying to redeem myself from some delusional sense of responsibility for Emily. Harsh words, harsh words, but Jake speaks truth. Logan's, uh, got problems. He doesn't want to address them. He'd rather just bury them into blaming everything on 420. The 420 drain case, not the 420 <laughs> day. That's a good day. But, uh, or, or is Jake uh, not so right? And is Logan actually onto something? Because that was pretty weird. It's, uh, the, the skull or dome tattoo on the man and the neck and watching him kind of looks like the Vicky lookalike and the creepy old man. Weird stuff. Weird stuff. All that will be revealed in the next episode or in the whole book that you can find on Amazon, Kobo, Auditable, in audiobook, print, and ebook format. Uh, do check out the Patreon too, where I've got extra goodies like short stories in various genres and supporting the whole macrocosm where all these stories take place. Thank you and take care.